News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, so a male suspect in custody, arrested after leading uh, police on a pursuit for, gosh, almost two hours yesterday all through Charlotte. Uh, luckily, nobody uh, was killed in this, uh, this pursuit. I uh, don't know the identity of the man uh, that eventually surrendered to police at the intersection of South and East Boulevards. Um, but it does uh, focus our attention now on what the police pursuit policies are because uh, they have actually changed uh, fairly recently. And uh, I want to welcome uh, to the program Paul Dickinson. He is an attorney with the law offices of James Scott Farron, and he is representing the family of Brittany Webb, who was killed by uh, a, a driver who was being chased by police uh, back in January. And uh, Paul, welcome to the program. How are you? Doing well, Pete. Thank you. Good. So, um, first of all, can you uh, tell us uh, what is the what is the policy as you understand it uh, by CMPD? What is the policy that they follow uh, in this circumstance that we saw yesterday? And and how is it different than what the policy was? I guess uh, when the pursuit led to the death of Brittany Webb. My understanding of the policy is that. It appears that CMPD followed policy that had been recently changed back in April of this year because the, my understanding is that the person that was being pursued was, had originally, was originally a suspect for breaking and entering. The policy recently changed in April that CMPD is not to pursue someone for a, what I would say is a simple breaking and entering uh, violation. Uh, this person then stole two car, two or three cars during this chase. They were unoccupied cars. He was being uh, watched by a helicopter. They did not pursue him with vehicles when he stole cars. The uh, pursuit did not begin with vehicles, police vehicles, until after he carjacked a car and took a car from a person. My understanding of the policy is that was correct, at least for those circumstances. Other circumstances that, that existed at the time was the time of day, rush hour, the location, uh, the risk of harm to innocent victims that might be on the roadway. And CMPD still has to make decisions on the fly about whether or not to pursue an individual for crimes that are not life-threatening, and arguably a, a carjacking could be that, uh, when it the pursuit itself during the time of day, during the traffic conditions, and in the area where the pursuit is occurring, proposes a risk to the general public, like it did in my case where I'm representing Miss Webb's family, Brittany Webb's family, who was being, the uh, suspect was being pursued for a license plate cover because they have a foggy license plate cover at five o'clock rush hour traffic on a busy highway. That individual was pursued until they crossed the center line and went head-on into my client's car, killing Brittany Webb, seriously injuring a passenger, and moderately injuring uh, the driver of that vehicle. So, uh, and that that policy, you said, changed back in April, and you say also that they have to make these decisions on the fly, and I think the uh, what I heard the chief say uh, yesterday was that they didn't know if somebody was in that vehicle yesterday when the... Uh, when he when he jumped in that third or the you know, the fourth vehicle, they didn't they didn't know if there was somebody else in that car, and at that point, that elevates it to a what a more serious risk. That that would and and unlike the situation with with 
Brittany Webb is they knew that this was an individual that they were pursuing only for a foggy license plate cover. Yesterday, they did not know whether or not there was another occupant in that vehicle. And of course, if you're chasing, you know, someone that's committed a murder or someone that certainly that's, that could have been a potential kidnapping and that they don't know if there was a child in the back seat, they're going to pursue that, that vehicle. So what happens when, it, as in the case of Brittany Webb, what happens legally when somebody is killed during one of these pursuits? Well, what happens legally is that the CMPD and its officers um, can be exposed to civil liability. I mean, Brittany Webb was, was an innocent victim. She was literally with some uh, friends and family going to the hospital to visit a newborn baby. Uh, the individual, Aaron Norwood, who was who was seriously injured. It was his son that they were going to visit. Um, and they were simply driving down the road. A car crosses the center line that's being pursued by the police, and there's a head-on collision with catastrophic results. In, in those situations, what we do know from the facts of Brittany Webb's case is that two of the officers that were involved in that chase were uh, suspended for about two weeks without pay. We do not know whether or not those suspensions are a direct result of the pursuit that killed Brittany Webb. Logically, you put two and two together, and it seems like, from what we know, that there is at least a causal relationship between the suspensions. Now, unfortunately, CMPD and these officers will raise what's called governmental immunity. Governmental immunity means you're not supposed to be able to sue the, the police for actions that they do in their in the line of their duty, uh, because they're immune from those kinds of claims. Um, however, there are ways to legally work around that. One of the ways is that uh, the city of Charlotte and CMPD has an insurance policy that they purchase to protect their officers in the event that catastrophic things like this happen. Um, and the purchase of insurance can waive the governmental immunity so that we and Brittany's family still have claims against CMPD for their actions and violating their policies. So is it, it, you're seeing the suspensions as an indication that uh, there was some violation of CMPD policy during the pursuit? We do not yet know exactly why these two officers were suspended. Right. Um, but as I said, it appears that suspensions were timely related to just after uh, Brittany Webb's uh, death. And so what we will have to determine when we get into litigation with CMPD is to find out if the suspensions were related to violation of policy. Gotcha. What I do know is that the way that the policies existed at the time would say that officers should not be pursuing someone in the traffic conditions at the time of day and in the location where this pursuit happened and over a minor non-moving traffic violation, which was the fact that they wanted to stop this guy because he has a foggy license plate cover, that you don't pursue under those circumstances. And so what my interpretation of the, the policy that existed back in January of this this year is that the policy was violated. So, uh I, I just listening to your answers here. Does this do we end up creating an incentive for people to flee more recklessly if they know that if it's more reckless and it's just a traffic stop, then then they won't get pursued? No, what we do is we we put in a system 
that ensures that police officers uh, don't cause these pursuits when there are ma- minor issues uh, that occur. Um, and coincidentally, Coincidentally, I actually have another case that happened where a, uh, a suspect was allowed to get into a car uh, at a, uh, after they had pinged his cell phone records, pinged his cell phone. The suspect got into a car. The police had the opportunity to stop the suspect from when he left a building before he got in a car. They allowed him to get in the car. He was, uh, had a warrant out for his arrest for a nonviolent crime, they pursued him. This is in the eastern part of North Carolina. They pursued him uh, for about 20 minutes, and he caused a T-bone accident. And I'm representing uh, the victim in that case who has had multiple surgeries from that case. Mm. He was also an innocent victim, and it was also an area in the time of day that the pursuit should not have occurred. Um, I also saw last question here. I saw there was uh, apparently just some regular citizen, regular guy, saw the, the car speeding around down in the South Charlotte area and decided uh, he would try to take the guy out with his own truck. He was not successful. But um, what do you see as uh, as his liabilities and what's his exposure on that? Uh, from what from what I know, he's probably not going to get charged with anything. Um, but he, he certainly opens himself up to a misdemeanor claim uh, for, you know, impeding an officer or interfering with uh, with the police officer's work. Um, I would strongly recommend against taking the ty- kinds of actions that that gentleman did yesterday. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add? You think is important or interesting to note here before we let you go? Yeah, I, I think that the the important thing is that um, the police have a duty in situations like this uh, to protect the public, and they're they're protecting the public not just from the suspect that they're pursuing, but from the actions of their pursuit. And police have to weigh whether or not the pursuit is worth the risk that they're exposing the public to. And in situations, in my case for Brittany Webb the wrong decision and did not weigh the risk that they were imposing to the public versus the uh, the risk of letting the suspect flee. In yesterday's case, there may have been a different evaluation that was made. Paul Dickinson from the law offices of James Scott Farron. Thanks for your time, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, and uh, 1-800-WBT-1110. If you'd like to join the discussion here, we're talking about yesterday's car chase through the Charlotte area for almost two hours, uh, at one point narrated by yours truly. Not well. But um, I tried. I, there's, I am not... Uh, I don't have a pilot's license. I uh, I cannot fly myself. I did not get that gift of uh, unaided human flight, and uh, I don't fly drones or anything. So it's kind of it was difficult to see which roads were which. Uh, but luckily, they went by uh, the 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 chase went through uh, South Park area and uh, recognized the mall. And from there, I was able to kind of figure it out because I lived for many years over in that area in different places, so I kind of figured that out. 
Um, but yeah, it's kind of hard to keep track of the uh, of what streets that they were going down. Um, I still don't know the uh, suspect's name in all of this, but according to Charlotte Mecklenburg Police, uh, the, it all started as a residential breaking and entering, and then the suspect took off in a jeep. And according to Fox Forty Six. Dot com Queen City News throughout the situation the male suspect stole a total of four cars including a white pickup truck a gold sedan and a black infinity SUV he also got into at least two crashes there was another person arrested who's a female although I have no I'm not a biologist so I but I get I don't know I'm just going by what they told me a woman in the passenger seat of the white pickup truck. That was the second vehicle that he was in. CMPD says she will be charged as well. So police yesterday, defending their uh, how they handled this, said that uh, they were not pursuing with the blue lights. They were not chasing him at high speeds, but they were following him with the chopper. And they say that's the policy now because they don't want to make things worse. And if it's just a you know, non-violent, non-felonious kind of uh, activity that the person was originally suspected of, that it's not worth putting everybody's lives in danger by the recklessness of the fleeing suspect. That is exacerbated by the the blue lights following close behind. Um, I thought there was another uh, part of the story. Yeah, here it is. CMPD said that they did not call on an outside agency for assistance like North Carolina Highway Patrol, because Highway Patrol has different pursuit protocols. State police use what are called pit maneuvers, and uh, CMPD does not. So this is like the where they will ride up alongside the back left corner or back right corner, and they'll kind of nudge the car and try to get it to flip, that kind of a thing. I don't know if that's actually the pit maneuver that Highway Patrol uses, but that is an example of one. Um, and so whenever another agency with a different pursuit policy gets involved in a chase, CMPD says it discontinues their role in the pursuit. So they're like, okay, you're taking over. We're not going to be involved in this because they don't want the liability. Is that the right, is this the right policy? I've got some stats too, but let's go to the phones first. Let's start with John and, uh, welcome to the program. John, how are you? Pete, I'm doing very well, buddy. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Thanks for making it. Uh, I'd like to opine there about uh, about the car chase. And, and uh, I listened to the attorney's comment. I'm driving up in middle, uh, up in Maiden, North Carolina right now. But uh, it, until we change the dynamic of society, the criminals are going to continue to win. During our upbringing, Pete, we did something bad. The police did something good. Today's society, you do something bad, the police. Uh-oh. John, hang on. You're break- John, hang on, John. You broke up. Can you say that again? When now You said it used to be if I did something bad, police did something good, but nowadays what? Yes, sir. So today, you do something bad, the police look the other way and run because you get arrested, you get out. Uh, you pull them over, you get on camera, you get sued. Uh, the police have no incentive to uphold the laws on the books because they have been so diluted by politicians and DAs. This guy 
should not have been allowed to drive and steal four cars. He needed to be taken out. Now, with that being said, violent action deserves violent action. And only when we start doing that will criminals realize, well, gee whiz, what I'm doing today may not be best interest of myself because they're not going to let me get away. And when they do arrest me, they are going to put incarcerate me in a six-by-eight with a crappy toilet, crappy food. And if we start taking away all the privileges of prison, then it will start looking bad. But right now, I go down the road 15 miles an hour over the speed limit, I get a ticket. But if I go steal four cars and I crash three of them and I rob somebody up to $1,500, I get to go home. What is wrong with the system? John, I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. Safe travels to you. See you, buddy. I'm in. Uh, no, it's a fair question. Like, I wonder, what is the, what's the right approach here? Because I can see John makes a compelling case for how we are incentivizing people to, uh, uh, to break the law, right? But then also I could see that if, you know, the cops are going to pursue everybody all the time, and, you know, like that, does that mean then that there's an incentive for somebody who's got the foggy license plate, right? Does that incentivize them to try to flee because they know the cops are going to be chasing them? And so they've, it's sort of like the three strikes law. Like there's the other side to that, which is the criminal behaves in a worse way because they know they've got nothing left to lose anymore, right? What do you think? News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. We go back to the phone lines. Here is JR. Hello, JR. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. I enjoy um, listening to your show. Thanks. I just wanted to comment a little bit on what the attorney said. He made a comment that he said when police uh, calls a chase, uh, first of all, police do not cause chases when people fail to stop and pull over as the law requires, they cause the chase, mm. not the police. They need to re- take responsibility for their own actions. It seems like, you know, this day and time, we want to make criminals into victims. Now, as far as CMPD yesterday, um, that went on for two or three hours, I think. Uh, I would think in some ways maybe they increased their liability by allowing that to go on that long. Now, I don't blame those police officers. I blame their policies. And if I weren't there, I, I can promise you the city council does not have the police officers back. I mean, that's obvious. They've already sacrificed them in the past where they charged, and, of course, they weren't convicted. So if I were an officer there, I would kind of be hesitant to take action, too, because I don't think uh, the council and the, the powers that be really look after the officers. That's yeah. That's probably more true. I don't think they feel like they get a lot of support from local government officials. Um, and, and look, I think this is a fair question: whether allowing a car chase like this, I can't even say it's a car chase, right? Because they say they weren't pursuing with the blue lights and in vehicles and stuff. They were just following from the air. So that means that guy drove around for two hours as he did without somebody right on his tail. He never, so he never engaged in behavior that was less dangerous, right? He just, he was driving like a maniac. And so by allowing it to last for two hours, how many more people were put at risk? Because he could have, 
He could have hit any one of those cars that he on Tivola Road or Park Road when he crossed the center line and was going into oncoming traffic. He could have hit any one of those cars, even without police pursuing. I, I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, we, we have to let law enforcement do their job. I mean, that's what we pay them to do to go after the bad guys. Now, I'm not saying doing it, doing it, uh, you know, in every situation. You have to look at each individual situation. I understand that. But we need to let law enforcement do their job and go after the bad guys. And they need to be held responsible. The bad guys should. And the, the police, uh, of course, they don't have a uh, right to do just anything, but they've got plenty of laws they have to deny, plenty of policies. Sometimes I think cities' own policies work against them because it restricts the police and what they can do. And naturally, if something bad happens, you're going to hear that again in court, that that officer violated their policy. Well, that policy hadn't been in place. They may not have right. violated that policy, and that policy may have been unreasonable and too restrictive on the officers. Well, and you say let law enforcement officers do their job, uh, but maybe, as you mentioned with the Charlotte City Council, maybe this is the job that the people, through their elected representatives, prefer that cops not do. This is how they are supposed to do their job. This is what the people want. Well, that may be the case. Yeah. And, um, you know, elections have consequences. Exactly. JR, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. All right, take care. Uh, let me jump on over here next to, this is Phil. Welcome to the show. Hello, Phil. How are you? Hey, man. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. What's up? Uh, they let this guy go around. You've already said, uh, I could see, feel your anger. This thing could have been stopped at the point where the guy stole the, the brown car. Mm-hmm. There was a canine, there was a canine car that was in the video that was two feet from the guy's bumper. He watched from his patrol car. He had to have watched the whole scene. When the guy pulled the white truck up, they jump out and steal the woman's car, committed a felony. They are not. Police officers are given thousands of hours of training. And they have to be allowed to do their job. That was crazy, and it was all done by committee. Are we going to and take it a step further? Is there going to be a committee that helps that helps makes the officer's decision when it's a lethal situation? Yesterday could have been a very lethal uh, legal uh, uh, could have been got to the lethal level very quickly. Oh yeah, when that guy was. When he was rolling through the streets of Charlotte and breaking every law that could be broken, and I, I being a police officer, it, it's just not in my realm of thinking that a police officer would stand there and watch a guy break the law over and over and over. Yeah. So, uh, so why? Because I saw the canine unit that you mentioned. Why not just open the door and let the dog out? Why not take that dog? I mean, I'm assuming the dog was in the canine unit, right? He was was there. Go back. You'll see the video. You see the canine car coming into the video, and he is right at the bumper of that car. Right. And everything could have been stopped right then if he was allowed to think 
and if he was allowed to do what his gut told him to do. Are you worried? Yeah, I, I don't if, are, Phil, I was going to say, are you worried that maybe that the officer's gut didn't tell him to do the thing that it, that your gut would tell you to do as an officer, that maybe there are different kinds of officers now on the force? I don't think. I think the guys want to do the job. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that they're being allowed to do the job. Yeah. But but it, but you. there comes a point when you're an officer, you're... Uh-oh. Got to tell yourself, I can stop this right here, right now. So I had to go no further. But for some reason, they held him back. It's, and it, it put the public at grave peril. I guarantee you there's a lot of people frightened, scared to death. Thank God that nothing uh, deadly happened. But the police police chief stood up there, and I thought he made a fool of himself personally. Hmm. By by, uh, was there anything specifically he said that you thought did that? Yeah, the, the whole thing of doing things by committee. You've got some committee sitting back listening and telling officers what to do, what not to do. And the officer's instinct, when you put an officer out on the street and put a badge on his chest and a gun on his side, then he has to make decisions for the good of the people, for the good of the people of the city, to protect and preserve. He should have been allowed, that officer should have been allowed to use his judgment and stop this thing quickly. Hmm. And they could have done that. Phil, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thanks for your service. Yes, sir. All right, take care. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Talking about yesterday's almost two-hour-long car chase through the Charlotte area, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Mike, welcome to the show. Hello, Mike. Hey, Pete. How are you? Hey, I'm good. What's up? Uh, This is a little off topic from what you've been discussing about police procedures. I just wanted to point out the chase ended about 1 o'clock or 1.30 yesterday afternoon. Mm. And at 6 o'clock, all of the local TV news led with breaking news about this car chase. (laughs) And it's sensationalizing something that was already sensational. And followed that up with who the new quarterback of the football team is, which is entertainment news. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is why people uh, tend not to trust. It's a symptom of why people tend not to trust the news anymore is, uh, sensationalizing things that don't need to be sensationalized, uh, pumping up things that are not really news. And this is something that a lot of people saw yesterday, so it's a prime example of how that happened. So uh, I, so here, I would say this on the, on the coverage side. Um, different, just like the police chase itself, or I don't even know what to call it. It's not a chase. The pursuit, I guess. I, I, I don't know. Um, that... You constantly have to reassess how you approach the incident because uh, as the inc- so I was telling my wife this yesterday, which when and this she's my canary in the coal mine. When I get home, when she gets home from work and she tells me everybody is talking about the chase, then that tells me this is a story that obviously has wide reach. Right. Uh, and obviously because it lasted so long. And in this business, I can tell you that normally if there's a police chase, when they do happen, 
they're not very long, right? Usually, we just leave it to the traffic report. You know, Boomer will tell you there's a police pursuit. It's over in this area. And then by the next time Boomer comes on, you know, 15 minutes later, pursuit's over. What made this one so out, so abnormal was how long it went on and there, that it didn't seem like anybody was doing anything. And that's what I think captivated people in that everybody is waiting for the wreck to happen. And they got three wrecks. I mean, seriously, like people are watching this to see what's going to happen because nobody knows how it's going to happen. And when I'm watching it, I'm trying to relay the information so people are aware of what's coming down the road at them to try and prevent people from getting hurt. So there's a different approach. Now, I agree with you. After like hours later, it's not breaking news. I totally agree. <laughs> it's not breaking news at that point. Um, but that's sort of like how, you know, they send them out to the uh, TV people. They'll send them to a parking lot where something happened 12 hours ago. Well, why are you in the parking lot? There's nothing happening there now, right? You're yep. just there to say something happened here a long time ago, and so I have to be here for it. It's just staging. It's yeah, yeah it's it's theater. Um, but yeah, I, I I get the criticism, but I also think that like the first question you got to ask yourself in news is, is this news, right? And the a car jack four carjackings or whatever, and a two hour police pursuit, that's news. That is absolutely Agreed. news. Yeah. So and especially as it was happening. Now I want to know who is the guy and was he known to law enforcement? Does he have a rap sheet? What kind of rap sheet? I want to know more of those details now. But, yeah, they're not. Uh, but, yes, it doesn't deserve the urgency, like you said. So, uh, you know, hours later. Mike, I do appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. All right, man. Bye. Take it easy. Let me go over here. Whoop. Let me go over here to Ronnie. Yellow Ronnie, what's up? How are you? Hey, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. What's up? I was in the Mayhem Man yesterday, come to Park Road, man, about swatting the front fender. Oh, really? Yeah, man, it was it was terrible, man. And so what, uh, was there any, did you see any law enforcement behind him, following him or anything? No, I didn't see any law enforcement behind him or nowhere. I've seen a helicopter, dude. Yeah. Which I'm sure, I mean. Helicopter, so- but the guy was about swatting the front bumper off, man. I was coming out of the parking center, and there he went. Yeah. So you, did you have any idea, like, maybe you would uh, pursue him yourself and try to run him off the road like that other guy did? No, I wasn't doing that, that man. <laughs> no, I'm not that kind of guy. I'll let the authorities handle him. Well, that is, I will say, this is, uh, that would be, uh, that would be an argument for owning a beater, right? If you just have a yeah. uh, a beater kind of a car, somebody comes along. Uh, you're not really going to think twice about uh, using it as a. No, I shouldn't even say that. I'm not. I am not advocating that. If I had a beater or not, man, I don't think I would have. You don't think? <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, Ronnie, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you. All right, and I got one thing to say, man. Uh, me and my wife had a assessment last night, and talking about it during supper time, and uh, and they didn't. They treated them. They didn't. They didn't do them right. I mean, they they did them. They did him good. Like, they didn't beat him up when they got him out the car or nothing. They- oh, whoa, 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 wait. You didn't see the way that guy took him down to the pavement? No, that, was, that, was, that, wasn't, that wasn't good enough, man. Oh, wait, all right. So, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. What would be good enough? Like, to start wailing on him? That's how they do the rest of the guys. Why did they do him? What do you mean the rest? What rest of the guys? That's how they do the rest of the people. So, I'm just wondering... Why did them do this? Why did it do him like that? All right. Well, so the cynic, I would say, if I want to be completely cynical and uh, antagonistic, uh, I would say that it's because uh, they knew they were on TV. Okay. 
Right. But if I but if I'm going to give you my honest opinion, it's that uh, when he got out of the car and he put his hands up over his head and he's not wearing a shirt, which everybody knows if you're not wearing a shirt with an interaction with law enforcement, you're going to jail. I thought the TV show Cops made that very clear. If you are shirtless, you go to jail. So he gets out of the car. He's shirtless and he puts his hands over his head and he is approached then by one officer and then this uh, who immediately grabs a hold of him. Another officer who gets another uh, puts a uh, gets the other hand, and then the other guy, the third officer, shows up and just takes him right to the ground, very violently. I thought so. I don't know. Maybe we disagree on what a takedown looks like, but it. Oh, they they put him down to the ground. They put his face on the pavement, and I have not seen the mug shots yet. I'd be surprised if there wasn't some abrasions. Not saying that they should do that. Just saying it's possible.